You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. All right, all right, here we are again. Hey, everybody, welcome to our Revival Recap. Uh, today we're chatting about highlights from our Saturday night meeting. I'm Clint Davis. I'm here with one of our senior leaders, um, guru of the martial arts, <laughs> defender of the faith, Eddie Tate. Oh, we need a big applause and like bell ringing all that stuff. What's up, Eddie? How are you guys doing today? Yeah, man. Good. Hot Texas. Yes. Wow. Yeah. The center of the sun, huh? <laughs> um, so Saturday, awesome, great time. It was so good to be together again, coming off the back of baptisms the week yeah. before. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Hey, it was packed house on Saturday. Yeah, it was. Really good group. Really good group. A lot of visitors, too, which was awesome. A lot of visitors, A lot right? of visitors, Yeah, was a awesome. lot of visitors out of town, out of state, out yeah. of country, I think. Yeah, a couple so, out of country. Man, that's so good, huh? Yep, love it. I was amazed. You guys said, hey, who's visiting? And all these people stood up. I'm like, no, 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 somebody's got this wrong. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was over 30 visitors this week. It was wonderful. So awesome. So um, I always ask this, what, uh, what about Saturday stood out for you? You know, sometimes we don't get to see uh, what you guys are feeling or picking up or after the fact or testimony, something like that. What was Saturday like for you? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was such an amazing time of worship, really just a pleasing presence of God in the room and just a building sensation of God's, God's moving us forward constantly. It's not just a, hey, we're going to come back on a weekend and maybe recharge. It's going from glory to glory, progressing. And, you know, afterwards, just during the ministry time and how I saw people being responding and just how they were ministered to and just the testimonies that come out of it, just a lot of freedom, a lot of breakthrough. It's an amazing night. So good. Um, it's actually hard to think that we're coming up on our one-year celebration. Oh, wow, it's amazing. I mean... That's crazy. It doesn't really, I mean, we have to keep reminding ourselves it's a church plant. It doesn't really feel like a church plant. Right, know? right. So much happening. God's up to so much. Yeah, it, it's, we're, we're not planting anything. We're holding and stewarding what he's doing. Right, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. It, that's it, that's it. That's so true. That's a good way of doing it. So, Eddie, you preached a message titled Facing Your Giants. Yeah. Yep. I need the James Earl Jones voice on that, <laughs> facing your giants. Why this message? Why now? What was your heart behind this message? You know, I've, I've got a real heart for the city of Austin, and I've said it many times from the stage, but seeing a city that's actually, that breaks off fatherlessness, and the amount of people that I've talked to in the city and just over time in the last year, I would say, is the one thing you hear is, oh, well, this city is, and they name these giants that seemingly rule over this city and why it can't happen or it's going to be hard. And that's just been a personal thing. And then just in seeking that out and praying into that myself, it's like, how many times do we face giants of a region? And then have we even conquered our personal giants to have the capacity to understand how to address giants, both, right. both personally and in a corporate setting? And it just... It's been something I've really been praying into the last few weeks, and it kind of just stirred up in me like, man, there are giants that we face, and we're fighting them instead of letting them be defeated. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. And we keep fighting them because we almost refuse to accept that they're defeated. Right, right. We, we empower them by giving them our attention. Man, that's huge. Yeah. Um, so what I'm hearing you say is that there's a personal element that when you defeat that giant personally, it actually impacts the world around you and others and cities. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Because you've actually demonstrated 
what it's like to be a giant killer. And giants are as big as we allow them to be. And when we realize who's inside of us, giants diminish in our wits. Right. Uh, now, some of the things you said on, um, on Saturday in your sermon was, um, if we don't live in our identity, we set a very low ceiling for our children and for the next generation. Yeah, yeah. If we're not fully That's alive, not a small statement. No, it's, it's not. A big statement. It's not. But it's, it's really, I mean, you know, it comes from that concept. When I first went to Bethel, I, I remember Bill talking about our ceiling is the next generation's floor. And I'd, I'd heard that said in different ways, but it's the fact that if we don't realize who we are, if we don't, if we don't walk out the fullness of our, identi- our identity, our children and the generation that's actually watching us, they're watching us. Whether they say they agree with us or not, they're watching. Right. If we don't demonstrate the fullness of who God's created us to be, we've actually shown them, oh, there's not an achievable place for you to go. So they start at a lower place. When we live yeah. out the fullness of who we are, we actually empower them to say, wait, they've done it and I can do it too because I've seen it modeled. I know what's possible. That's something that's, um, I mean, you know, alarm bells go off in my head with that because I'm thinking, you know, we live in this postmodern age where values are being broken down, cultures being broken down, and really the attack is on anything that's absolute. We come from a standpoint of faith where there are absolutes, right. there are absolutes in God. And so, you know, you hear a message about facing your giants. And, you know, honestly, it's a title that's been preached like a lot of times. Right, you know? right. But then you've got to recover your mind around that and go, no, this is real. And this has probably more impact on this theme in this age, this postmodern world, than than in a long, long, long time. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and one of, you even said it, one of the social giants that, that kind of the world is facing right now is the separation of generations and the individualism of people. You know, they're, they're living these lives that are becoming siloed and identified as an individual process instead of realizing that it is all connected all together. And when we allow that to become the reality instead of the thing that we defeat, we empower that separation and that isolationism. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're saying that by us not defeating our giants, we're empowering the man. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Sometimes giants come out. I just want to run and hide. I don't want to stand and face that. I, hey, I've hidden from plenty of giants. I get it, man. But uh, I also, I have to know who I'm called. I'm called more than a conqueror. That's right. So I don't have to fear the giants. That's right. Now, in our prayer lives, you made this statement as well, and you said, um, in praying, you face your giant. In praying, Mm -hmm. you face your giant. Now, what are the dynamics? What are the practicalities of that? Because there's something about having rest in prayer, but a giant leads me to want to do. It does lead me to want to wave my arms in the air and beat the air, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. I, I look at it as this. When I'm in prayer... And it's my time, my personal time in prayer. There's different aspects of prayer. I mean, if I'm praying for something with, with a, a target in mind, that's one thing. But when I'm doing my personal time of prayer, when I'm spending my God time, I'm actually focused on the only giant that matters, and that's him. Mm. And when I actually give my attention to him, I'm defeating all of the other giants in my life by empowering the only one that matters. So in my prayer time, I defeat my giants in prayer time by acknowledging who he is who he is in me and who he's called me to be here. Mm. So that realization of who I am, who he is, and the unity between us, I walk out of that prayer time, and now the giants actually are very insignificant and small in my life. 
That's amazing. What you've kicked, what you've kicked into there is something where I, I almost, and I'm sure a lot of people like this, I almost get stuck in that place of wanting to know all the details of the thing I'm facing, you know? Yeah. And that leads me to a place of, okay, well, I have to pray into this. I have to do that. I have to do this. All these I have tos because I am basing it on the details that I want to know. Right. What you're saying is just get with God. He knows the details. Right. Let him deal with yeah. them. I mean, if we, if we stay in the aspect of I want to know the details so that I can be... I can be equipped to figure it out and to fix it, then we've actually taken all of his responsibility and job in our lives for ourselves. Yeah. Like we've actually taken his job. We've actually said, God, it's okay. You tell me what all the details are and then I'll fix it. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't need to do that. Mm. When my kids have an issue that they cannot fix on their own, they don't have to run to me and say, okay, how do I do this? They just come and say, dad, I'm like, I'm there for you and I'll take care of these things. Because I love you and I see what your needs are more than you see them. Wow. Well, what's the dynamic the next time around when you're facing the same giant? Because sometimes that's disheartening, right? The same giant can pop up uh, a couple times in life and um, you need to have learned from the previous battle. Right, right. And it's a, I had spoken about it a few weeks back. You don't start over, you start with experience. And I and I said this on Saturday, I've personally gone through this revelation. I'd, I'd had almost 15, 18 years in the Lord where I was fighting this same giant over and over and over. And I, was I, I wasn't able to see around the giant. And it took outside voice. It took friends and people. And that's why, I mean, the Bible is very clear. Relationships with our brothers and sisters and our loved ones is a key and vital part of our entire relationship with God. So I had some very close people recognize that I've been fighting this thing over and over and over without breakthrough. And they were able to speak just a, a small bit of truth into my life. But what it did is it made me say, wait a minute, I keep coming back to the battlefield to face this thing and it's not my fight to face. So I'm going to actually move off to the side and just say, God, I'm only going to look at you in this area of my life. And what I had done is I had actually said that this area of my life that I wasn't getting breakthrough, this giant that I was facing, wasn't as spiritually important to me because I wasn't having these issues in the areas of healing and faith and other areas. But what I did is I decided to classify what was a priority or something that was important enough to put my attention to instead of allowing God to actually say it's all the same when it's in my kingdom. Wow. So let's touch on that a little bit about um, friendships. You did mention on the weekend about uh, you, you asked the question, who has those friends that will just call you out, you know, <laughs> who just call you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, some of us think we have those friends until you really find one. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. It's like, oh, you are that. Not... Yep. But um, what's the importance of the, the, the kind of people you surround yourself with? Um, I mean, I guess the book of Job is such a good example of this but what are some of the things from your end as far as deliberately and intentionally surrounding yourselves with certain people when you you know you know you're on a warpath yeah i i always look for in my life and i i've always talked about you should always have three types of friendships or relationships in your life people that are pouring into you people that you're walking with and people you're pouring into you're not fully complete unless you have all of those aspects of relationship but the people I'm walking with, they need to be the ones that when I'm, I'm getting beat up, they're there with me, holding me up, they're holding me strong. 
they're those people that walk with me through everything. But I need those voices in my life that they're the fathers and mothers in the spirit, but they're also the ones that recognize who God has called me to be. They see God in me more than I see God in me. They're the ones that can say, you're not looking correctly at yourself. You need to get out of your way. You need to actually change something. And, you know, it, it's hard to give people that trust and permission because even those people in my lives have sometimes given me advice that may not have been correct. So I always have to make sure that I have a level of trust with them, that I receive what they say, but my relationship with them is strong enough and vulnerably transparent enough that I can say, I'll take that to God. And if I come back and say, no, I feel you're off, and they are adamant against it, I weigh that. Because those relationships have gone through the testing that it's like, okay, you're going to give me advice and correction, but I don't have to listen to it. And right. our relationship stays strong enough to where we can agree to disagree and still be strongly related. And you've got that foundation of honor flowing. Right. That the advice is there, but it's not a controlling advice where you have to do as I say. Right. It's just advice. Right. And people that aren't like that, that try to control you, are the ones that you do need to shift out of that circle. Right. And, and a lot of times you can tell when somebody's giving you advice that it, it doesn't affect them at all. It has zero effect on them. In fact, sometimes it could cause there to be a separation between you and them, and they still give it. I love the friends that are willing to say things to me that could be offensive, but they say it out of love because they care enough about me to not care if the relationship in the, if the relationship is going to get tainted by the truth that they need to speak yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're looking after your best right and your outcome ahead of the relationship right actually. ahead of their comfort and that actually strengthens the relationship completely does. Yep. if we receive it the correct way right there's something about if you've had hurt in the past in friendships or family or whatever um, emotional trauma you might have had that along this journey there's some healing to do so that you can openly and healthily accept uh, that sort of critical advice. Right, you know, very Constructive much so. critical advice. And it's, it, it is difficult, but you cannot take the hearts of a relationship and put those hurts onto another relationship. That's right. That's right. You said um, these voices that speak to you that remind you of who you're supposed to be. You also mentioned on Saturday about being your own giant, looking in the mirror, right. and you're your own giant, and right. you don't see yourself how you actually are right and it's when i look in the mirror do i see what's wrong or what's right do i see the things that need to be fixed or do i see the things that please him um god is the perfect he's perfection and he's the author of perfection so he created us in perfection we are imperfect but he created us in perfection so when we see ourselves do we actually see all of the things that are wrong do we see the, all of the I can'ts, I won'ts, I'm not able to's, I've had these experiences, these have been my fault, everything's again. Do we see all of the negative or do we say, God, I'm looking at who you designed. I may not understand it, but I'm looking at it and I'm going to actually step into what you've designed even if I can't fully comprehend it yet because I trust you. I don't want to be the giant that keeps me from stepping into my identity. 
That's amazing. Some of us need to just stop right there, pause the podcast, <laughs> you know, go put some music on, just spend some time with God and just let him speak identity over you. Don't feel like you have to push through the podcast. Right. You can and come back to it. You know, It's really good. I made this practice a long time ago and I still do it when I feel I need to. And I've taught my kids to do this. God, what do you think about me? And then wait. Don't don't be in a hurry to answer it for him. And write it down, man. And write it down. Yeah. yeah, make declarations. My my children were raised that every night they went to bed, we did a prayer, and it wasn't normal. It was, I am a world changer. I have a prophetic. They made declarations over themselves because that's what God said about them. So if they know who they are by declarations, they're not going to battle the doubts the same way. Yeah, things come and make you question things at time, but they have those things to stand on. And it's, God, what do you think about me? You think I'm a world changer. You, you think I have a prophetic anointing. You think I'm going to change every person I come in contact with. When I start to say those things over myself, I'm like, I'm going to agree with that. So Right. That's good. That's good yep. practicality. Really good practicality. Now, don't just go do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Right, right, right. As well, right. <laughs> hey, put the, put the oxygen mask on you first before you take care That's of the kids. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, when, you, uh, when you speak about being your own giant, you said this as well. You said, what have we said that we can't do that actually we just won't do? Yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of calling people out. <laughs> no, kind of, kind of, yeah. That's that's the line that made it the Eddie Tate preach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many times that we look at things and we we accept the defeat, and that's where the giant becomes real. We say we can't, and it's actually no. Are you just not willing to do what it takes to get there? Because you have to step past fear a lot of times. You have to step past comfort. You have to step into offense sometimes. There there are things that are going to be hard, really hard to do. So it's, are you not willing to do that because it's going to hurt? Or do you really believe you can't? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All doesn't have a limitation, so I shouldn't allow myself to be limited. And I will say, again, in this postmodern world, the key is how you said it. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ. Right. We're in a world today where this power of positive thinking and motivational speaking is actually, I'm, I'm going to say it because I'm not, I'm not, let me just be clear for the podcast. I'm not a Bethel church <laughs> staff member. So don't be sending emails or anything like that. I am just, uh, you can put your target on me. It's all good. You, you gave me on Instagram or something, but I'll say this. Um, it's an antichrist message to preach that you can do everything in your own strength is actually you're removing Christ from the equation. And as an absolute truth, we just don't believe that's right. Like it is in your relationship with God, with Christ, that you find this this strength and the ability. That's right. That's right. So good. So um, you said this one. Here we go. Here's your turn to be in the hot seat. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here's your turn. You said this. Help me understand this because this is a very, very dynamic statement. I'm using the word dynamic, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Those who don't experience some level of fear are probably not moving. Mm -hmm. I I didn't get you word for word, but it's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. So, hey, what's up there, you know? Do we have to have fear to be moving forward? What's going on? And, you know, there's two sides to every coin. I always talk about the Word of God has dynamic tension between two truths. It's never opposing itself. It's dynamic tension between two truths. 
and this is one of those sides of that. Um, I could probably do a whole message on the opposite, but the reality is when we are not stepping into a place of fear, if something hasn't challenged us to make us feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, we're probably sitting in a place of comfort and we're not probably moving forward in the way that God would intend us to. Now, there are seasons of rest. There are seasons when he wants us to have a Sabbath. He wants us to be able to breathe. He wants us to be able to sit in the glory and have those things. But if it, if, if your life is comfort, you're probably lacking the next thing that God wants for you. If your life is only full of fear and challenges, you probably need to slow down and take a break. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's great. And um, yeah, like you say, the whole point of this, and you keep coming back to that. I know, I know that within you, you, you know you're doing this, but it's because you live it that you don't stress it as a point because you live it. So I'll stress it as a point. You keep coming back to the fact that it's not about striving forward. It's about being with the Father. Yes. It's about being in relationship with Him, and He shows you the next step. Right. I find that the quicker you you make take those steps when he tells you to do something, the easier it gets. Right. It might take a long time of processing initially, and then that gap gets smaller and smaller, and almost ignorance is bliss in yeah. a way. Sometimes, you know, it's some very of the things true. God calls you to. God says, "Hey, let's go," and you're like, "Well, where are we going?" And He's wanting you to just say, "Okay, let's go." Right. Yeah. Right. Now, some of this fear. Um, and moving forward and this desire to move forward despite the fear and overcome and conquer these giants and everything, it can become very introverted in the sense it becomes about me mm-hmm. all the time, you know. But actually, you said this. You said when we conquer giants, we automatically give others permission to do the same. Right. It's not just about me. Right. It's, it's the reality of that you have influence regardless of where you are, regardless of what your position is. You have influence in your life. There are people that look to you and they're watching. There's every person has a sphere of influence, some greater, some larger. So when you actually conquer the giants in your life, when you start to face things in God, so not necessarily being the one swinging the sword, but actually, actually walking in victory because you know how the fight is won, people watch that and they see that and people begin to ask questions. Hey, I know you used to and you don't now. What changed? People begin to ask the questions on how did you do that? You used to be afraid of talking in front of people. Now you're doing it all the time. Like, did you go to a class? You know, they want to know the whys because they've seen something change in your life. That's so good. And the encouragement is to be ready with those answers. Right. I mean, I think of so many times I've walked away from that kind of conversation thinking, why wasn't I ready with an answer? Why didn't I tell that? It tells me that I'm not assessing correctly what God is doing in my life. And um, we can get stuck in that pressing forward all the time and not enough time realizing what is actually working in us right. and the giants that we've overcome. Uh, there's something about looking for the next giant all the time, right? And not celebrating the victories we've won. Right. Yeah. There's a if balance you, in there somewhere. If you don't take time to plunder, the victory was Oh, yes. Mm. So when, when the giant's defeated and the army runs, you should take time plundering because there's a reward our promises are on the other side of the giant. Well, if we just walk over the promise to the next giant, we actually aren't receiving anything. We have to take time to plunder the reward for the defeat of that giant. Wow. I need to take some time out and just soak <laughs> that up. That's so good. 
That's so good. Um, you said, no, nah, I know this is, I don't want to go, we, we can't go long on this. <laughs> but you said that a lot of this sermon came from a um, deeply revelational time that you had with God, uh, dealing with this, this, well, the account of David and Goliath. And um, that when you defeat the giant in front of you, all opposition runs in fear. Right. And you spoke about the army behind Goliath fleeing because Goliath was defeated. Maybe you could unpack just one or two things. I know that it's a whole thing by yeah, itself. I just, David and Goliath has been a few months of uh, layers. But, you know, a lot of times we look at the giant and we see the army because we realize it's a much bigger task than we can handle. And then sometimes we don't even see the army because we are so focused on just the giant. The reality is they're connected. So when the giant falls, the army flees. The army will not stand if the giant's been slain. If we put our attention on the army, we may have the giant looming over us without realizing it. But when, when the giant falls, the army flees. And that's when we get to step into that promise and we get to plunder and we get to rejoice and we get to take time to celebrate the victory over something that was defeated. But, um, and it's a generational thing as well. Um, the first verse that I kind of, or the story I talked about was Moses and how they saw the giants and they said, we can't do it. And it was, they wouldn't, not they couldn't, right. they wouldn't, but the one that said they could, and let's, let's go and do this. He actually was able to walk into the promised land with his family and his generations. The rest of them, the generations had to spend time in the desert watching that generation that denied their inheritance They had to watch that generation die in the desert before they could step into the promise that they should have been enjoying from birth. Mm. So they were disabled from enjoying that much of that promise because a generation said the giants are too big. Wow. That's That's powerful, huh? I think uh, more preachers on the way out of David and Goliath. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. I love it. Um, I love what you, uh, what you brought. You said um, when we conquer giants, we automatically give others. The, I just love it. That term is so good. It's so good to give others permission to do the same. We're just out there handing permission around. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's what it is. We're giving people permission one way or another. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're either going to see, oh, it can't be done or it can be done. Right. They're going to they're going to recognize one of the two. Man. It's so good, man. Um so how about this? Did you have a single highlight that came out of uh Saturday night? I'd say the biggest thing was people actually understanding that there's giants. You know, I mm. think I think people sometimes get caught up in it's just life. Right. And they right. accept what they're in. Um, and I had made that quote that, you know, we've got to quit surviving in what we've been called to conquer. People are just surviving. They're kind of going through life like, well, this is what I'm dealt. I'll make the best of it and I'll love God in the process. That, that, that's weak. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to thrive. We're called more than conquerors. We're not supposed to just survive something that we're meant to dom- have dominion over. Right. So um, I think that was probably one of the biggest highlights is, is seeing almost the light bulb come on in so many people of like, wait a minute, there's giants in my life that I'm allowing to stand in front of me. And I got a lot of people just telling me, man, I didn't realize I had a giant there and I'm already finding victory over this giant. It's almost that, oh, now that I see you're there, I know you're defeated. 
Yeah, that's good. And sometimes that first giant is just to get time with God. Oh, man. Sometimes that first giant just requires you to reorder your schedule or to wake up earlier or to spend time with God before you go to bed, whenever it is, but just to overcome the giant of getting that time with the Father. I need to recognize the giant in me before I can defeat the giant outside. Right. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's right. There you go. Um, so a lot of people came up with questions and comments and things. Was there anything after the fact that you felt you wanted to add to this sermon? Um, anything that you felt you didn't hear that way? I know you said the preach didn't quite go how you'd planned. Yeah. God kind of shifted things up a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. You know, when you're preparing for a message, you've got, you know, at least the way I do it, I'm very sensitive to what God's saying in a moment. So that's why a lot of times I joke around and tell people I have five messages. We'll see what he does tonight. This one felt very purposed. I had one message that I really felt like I was supposed to go after, but just in the preparation, I felt like it may go a certain direction. Um, And I think originally I was feeling there was going to be a lot more about the identity and the promises spoken when it was really way more focused on the, the giants. But I felt like that's what kind of shifted in the room. So it wasn't bad. It was just, oh, this came out different than I expected it to. But then I also have recognized that the feedback that I've gotten since is a lot of people saying, oh, I didn't realize there was a giant there. So I feel like that's, that, that was really the, the, the guidance of God in that moment to take me and put me where the people needed to hear instead of, because a lot of the message, like I said, came out of a personal, I'm going right. through this. Yeah. And so mine was like, all right, there's a promise waiting for me. But it was really, oh, people need to even recognize there's a giant here. That's so, that's so mind-blowing what you said. Just, that's exactly it, right? People do just think it's life. Right. It's just life. And just kind of carry on and hard lines, but it's just life. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to ask you next because I always wrap it up with this, but what's the single big practicality? We've touched on so many, and I'd encourage you to go through uh, this podcast again and pull those practicalities out again and write them down and put them into your life. But for you, Eddie, what was the big idea, the single thing that you hope people put into their lives this week? Just spending time with the biggest giant that there is. Spending time with God, recognizing who he is in you, who you are in him, and then letting him actually defeat the giant. Because it's more the awareness of God in a situation that defeats the giant than actually swinging a sword. We can spend so much time trying to fight something in, and in the right ways that we think. We try to pray that giant down. We try to fast that giant down. We try to, we have all these things that we do when sometimes it's like, hey, let me just take a step to the left and watch this giant that's in me manifest and actually show what that size is in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then allowing God to actually be God in our lives, like trusting him, but giving him our attention. What we put our attention to grows. Are we facing the giant and seeing how big it is? Or are we facing God and saying, oh, that giant actually doesn't hardly exist in your midst? It's so good. And the more you do that, the more you practice it, the more you instill it, the more it becomes natural to, yeah. to turn to that perspective yep. quickly. Yep, yep. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Amazing, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Love this. There's so much in it, you know. 
so much in it. I love it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, for the Revival Recap. Remember that you can get more out of our journey together at BethelATX.com or go ahead and grab one of our Connect coaches, shake them around on a Saturday night at one of our meetings, and they'll be more than happy to help you. Till next time from me, Clint. Uh, see you then. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. See you guys next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.